There's only one road into Key West, but you won't believe where it can take you. Travel back in time to a city rich with history. Discover amazing artists and musicians. Taste seafood fresh off the boat, or just kick back and soak up the island vibe. For more about Key West, visit flakeys.com. Key West, close to perfect, far from normal. Hello, little woman fans. Today's comment shoutout goes to Love for Moving Pictures, who says, quote, Listening your podcast and listening Gervik's comments, I've got the impression that a lot of people interpret the author through Joe's character. But Little Woman was more inspired by Alcott's own experiences and thoughts. I don't have problems with age gap relationships as long as both parties are adults and have the same goals in life. But I have a co-worker who became very hostile when they saw a couple where the woman was a lot older than the man and said that they would feel the same if it was the opposite. End quote. Perhaps it is because Little Woman has been adapted so many times that a lot of people approach Louisa May Alcott in a slightly twisted way through Joe's character. But when they find out that the reason behind age gap relationships in Little Woman are that the author really had age gap relationships between younger man and older man, a lot of people feel uncomfortable by that. And also with some people... They get frustrated that they cannot blame Joe getting married for the patriarchy because Louis Mayock actually wanted to marry a man who was older than she was. That some people have that kind of view. It does something very nasty about our society. It requires a lot of people to step out of their comfort zone. A lot of that concern comes from the awareness of consent, which is important in terms of any age gap relationships, because there are people who read any age gap relationship as concerning and predatory. But when it comes to real women, it helps when you know the history behind Louise's relationships with the men who inspired Fredericks and Loris' character and the time period. It also helps to know about the relationship of Louise's sisters. Disclaimer, there are some mentions of strange sexual behavior from the 19th century in this episode, but it's nothing too explicit or graphic because that is not the way we do things here. It is easy to go with the usual old guy bad, the same age guy good mentality, but in the actual little woman novel, it is actually Laurie who is written to be the same age as Joe and whose treatment towards Joe is way more concerning. He is low-key pressuring Joe to have a physical relationship with him, and when he proposes her, he badmouths Frederick, who he doesn't know, and then he threatens to take his life if Joe doesn't marry him. Then we have Frederick, Professor Bear, who in the novel wants to have Joe's full consent before he makes any kind of romantic moves towards her or shows physical affection. Quote, I wanted to be sure that I was more than a friend. Am I, Joe? Do you have place in your heart for the old Fritz? And then Joe confesses that she loves him and she says, quote, Don't call yourself old. Forty is the prime of life and I would love you even if you were 70. One of the reasons why I wanted to talk about the age gaps in Little Woman is that our culture actually encourages these double standards. For example, during the 2019 film tour, Greta Gerwig made it very clear how she hated that Joe would fall to an older guy and, and quote, 
How could Joe say no to a young, handsome Timothy Chalamet slash Laurie? And that Frida needs to be hot so Joe can get her award. In the book, Joe herself is not pretty and she doesn't really care about people's looks that much. Neither Joe or Friedrich are written to be dashing in the novel, but Joe finds him very attractive. Gervig herself is married and has a child with a man who is 14 years older, and yet she condemns when a fictional character falls in love to an older man. Another example, Florence Pugh, who played Amy in Greta Gervig's Little Woman, is in a relationship with Jack Braff, who is 21 years older, and on her Instagram, she recently made a statement that for the first time, she had to block the comment section when people were attacking her for being in an age gap relationship. And then she participated in a making of a little woman movie where one of the selling points was to say that Joe must be gay or an asexual or in love with Laurie because why else would she be in a relationship with an older man? Then in reality, that relationship that Joe has was based on Louisa May Alcott's life, Louisa May Alcott's own relationship with an older man. It's very hypocritical. We are living in 2020s and people in age gap relationships face this hostility. Imagine what it would have been like for Louisa May Alcott if the public back then would have found out that Laurie was based on this young man who she had an affair with and freed to an older man who she was in love with. I'm sort of known as somebody who specializes on the male characters in Little Woman. When I started to research Little Woman, I wanted to study the male characters because I felt that their stories were often dismissed in the adaptations and in the book interpretations. It really surprised me that there was hardly anything written about Laurie. And I assumed that this is because he is such a romanticized character in the adaptations. I did find many academic studies that were about Friedrich. And one of the things that was in common about these essays was this notion of Louisa May Alcott having a fascination towards age gap relationships. In the 19th century, age gap relationships were very common because women married when they were young and parents expected their daughters to marry wealthy men because women's own opportunities to earn money were so limited. Whether a date night or family holiday outing, Meadowlark's Winter Walk of Lights is the perfect way to experience the magic of the holidays. The half-mile walk through Vienna's enchanting Meadowlark Botanical Gardens features lighted nature themes and sparkling displays. Get your tickets now at winterwalkoflights.com. Extend your holiday season and beat the rush with a weeknight visit in November or early December. Plan your visit and buy tickets at winterwalkoflights.com. That's winterwalkoflights.com. Trying to grab all the groceries in one trip? Oof, not how you would have done that. You know sometimes less is more. Like when you drive less and save with the USAA annual mileage discount. USAA, get a quote today. And it usually took some time for the man to establish a position where they could afford to have a wife and start a family. But Louise's fascination towards age gap relationships and her fondness for older men and younger men had a lot more complex reasons that were linked to her own personality, intelligence, and her ideas about romantic love. This is Small Umbrella in the Rain, Little Woman podcast, The Age Gaps in Little Woman, and the Modern Misreading Assessments. To understand the age gaps in Little Woman, we need to go to the very beginning. 
where did Louisa May Alcott's fascination with the age gap relationships began? The year is 1796. That is when Goethe's novel Wilhelm Meister's Apprenticeship was published. Wilhelm Meister was Louisa's favorite novel. She used to read it as a child and she borrowed it from Ralph Waldo Emerson's library. When Louisa turned 18, Waldo gave her a copy of Wilhelm Meister as a birthday gift so she could study character. In Little Woman, Friedrich gives Joe a copy of Shakespeare's work so she can study character. Wilhelm Meister is considered to be world's first coming-of-age novel. Little Woman was one of the many novels that was inspired by it. Wilhelm is somewhat a Lowry type of character. He is a young man and he longs to become an actor, but Wilhelm's father wants him to become a businessman. And it's like what Laurie says in the book, quote, I want to go to Italy, play music and enjoy myself. Wilhelm is having an affair with a passionate actress called Mariana, but Mariana doesn't seem to be very serious about their relationship. The book doesn't mention Marianne's age, but I imagined her to be a couple years older than Wilhelm, because at least in the beginning of the novel, Wilhelm is written to be quite naive, and then he grows when the novel progresses. There is a funny scene where Wilhelm is giving this long monologue, how he made puppeteer plays as a child, and Mariana is pretending to be interested, but she's like half asleep. Then there is another scene which I guess is supposed to be romantic, where he goes to Mariana's house. He wants to sing her a serenade, but she is not at home. Wilhelm kisses the doormat and the dog knob. Is he romantic or creepy? You decide. It did remind me of the scene in A Little Woman, where Laurie wanted to compose the opera that would harrow Joe's soul and melt her heart. And when he started, he could only think of Joe's unflattering features and that is something that happens to Wilhelm in the end. He remembers Marianne's less flattering features and remember this was Louisa May Alcott's favorite book that she read as a child. Wilhelm runs away and he joins a traveling theater company and on his journey he saves a young girl called Mignon. Mignon is about 13 in the beginning of the novel. Like Joe, she likes to dress as a boy. She also has a disability. Nobody really knows where she's from, so she she speaks with an accent, but nobody knows where that accent comes from. And she has difficulties to form words and express herself. And Minion falls in love to Wilhelm. I don't think the book ever mentions Wilhelm's exact age, but I'd say he was in his early 20s when the novel begins. During his, quote, apprenticeship, Wilhelm gets involved into all kinds of drama. There's the love triangles between the actors, and at one point he falls in love to a dangerous contest, and then he gets involved into a secret society. All kinds of crazy things happen to him. And Wilhelm is attracted to Mignon. He finds her funny and fascinating, but it is more of a father-daughter type of relationship, and she cannot express her emotions to him. And she's upset when she sees Wilhelm with other women. Mignon wants to be his lover, but she dies a tragic death before she reaches adulthood. Goethe, he captured Mignon's passing into a song called Gens du das Land. Do you know the land? In Little Woman, this song it is always reprised in Joseph Friedrich's Encounters. You know how some couples have their own songs? Well, this could be Joseph Friedrich's love song.
When Joe sees Friedrich for the first time in New York, he sings against to Das Land. And Joe knows this song because she's a big fan of Goethe. When they reunite in Concord, Joe says, quote, Now we must finish with Minion's song for Mr. Bear sings that, said Joe, before the pulse grew painful and Mr. Bear cleared his throat with gratified hmm, as he stepped into the corner where Joe stood, saying, You will sing with me. We go excellently well together. A pleasing fiction, by the way, for Joe had no more idea of music than a grasshopper, but she would have consented if he had proposed to sing the whole opera and wobbled away blissfully, regardless of the time and tune. It didn't much matter, for Mr. Bear sang like a true German, heartily and well, and Joe soon subsided into a subdued hum that she might listen to the mellow voice that seemed to sing for her alone. No to the land where the citron blooms. Used to be Professor's favorite line, for Das Land meant Germany to him, but now he seemed to dwell with peculiar warmth and melody upon the words. There, out oh there, might with thee, oh my beloved, go. And one listener was so thrilled by the tender invitation that she longed to say she did know the land and would joyfully depart tighter whenever he liked. And people say that Joe and Friedrich are not romantic. What's the matter with you? In the end, Wilhelm falls in love with Natalia, who is the Amy archetype of the story. She inspires him to better himself and leave that toxic life of a drifter behind him. Lusame Alcott was a transcendentalist, and the transcendentalist view on love was that love had the ability to help person to grow or to evolve, that they could better themselves. When two people fell in love, they would create something better together. Louisa was a huge fan of German female poet Bettina von Arni. There are people who say that Bettina was a fraud, a big-time con woman, and others say that she was an early feminist. When Louisa was a teenager, she read Bettina's book called Goethe's Correspondence with a Child. Goethe's Briefwechsel mit einem Kind. In German? It is a collection of letters that Bettina wrote to the poet Goethe. Louisa was a teenager when she read this book. She had developed a crush to her next-door neighbor, philosopher Walter Emerson, who was 29 years older than Louisa. And Louisa writes in her journal, I turned myself into Bettina and made Emerson my Goethe. I would leave flowers to his doorstep and sing Mignon's song in bad German underneath his window. Isn't it interesting that Mignon's song pops up again in Joe's and Friedrich's relationship? There's a quote from Louisa where she writes that, quote, I am a hero worshipper by nature. That is perhaps the best way to describe Bettina's relationship with Goethe. Louisa's father, Bronson, and Emerson were very good friends, but Bronson wasn't always the most stable father figure. Emerson supported Louisa's interest in literature and also let her borrow books from his great library. It is not that much big surprise that Louisa did develop a crush on him. Uh, Bettina was a very unusual woman, very clever woman, and I think Louisa very much self-identified herself to her in some ways. Louisa was a huge fan of Sturm und Drang movement, which was a German movement in literature and arts that was started by Goethe and it emphasized the emotional experiences of the individual. This is what Bettina wrote to her brother about herself, and it could apply to Louisa May Alcott as well. Quote, it is no use telling me to be calm. To me, that conveys sitting with my hands in my lap. 
looking forward to the broth we are having for supper. My soul is a passionate dancer. She dances to hidden music which only I can hear. Whatever police the world may prescribe to rule the soul, I refuse to obey them. And quote. It is very similar to the quote from Luisa Mayalgut of going with the beat of her own drum. Bettina, whose actual name was Elisabeth Bretano, was born in Frankfurt in 1785 into a family of Italian merchant. Bettina had a very strange connection with Goethe. In her youth, her mother, Maximilian, had been Goethe's first love and muse. Bettina's mother died when she was only eight years old, and she was sent to a convent, but she considered Goethe as her family's property. During this time, Goethe had established position in Germany as the national author and poet. Differently to Louisa, Bettina has been described to be incredibly beautiful. Bettina was small and delicate, with black blossoming curls, porcelain skin, fathomless brown eyes, and magnetism beyond conventional beauty. This is a quote from Gundera's Immortality. She was 22, about the same age as Goethe, when he fell for her mother, Maximilian, back in his youthful Frankfurt days. This earlier infatuation with her mother may have led Bettina to imagine that she could be Goethe's daughter, as Kundera writes. The feeling grew in her. She had some sort of a secret right to the great poet, because in the metaphoric sense, and who should take metaphor seriously if not a poet, she considered herself as his daughter. In any case, she developed what might be called hero worship for the great man. She was a small person and played on being a child, a figure like that of Mignon in Goethe's Wilhelm Meister novel. End quote. Bettina really wanted to be Goethe's lover, but he wasn't so into her. Just as Bettina wanted to be Goethe's lover like her mother had been, that's really creepy. Bettina wrote him impressive amount of 52 letters. Then we once again come across with two in Little Woman, Friedrich asks Joe if she could address him too, because in German there is Du, which is the informal way to address another person, and then there is Sie, which is the formal way, and they both mean you, but in Old English, Du was translated to too. Greta Gerwig has famously complained in every interview that I've come across how terrible it is that Friedrich makes Joe to call him too, without making any sort of research what the word actually means. And in the book, let me quote, Cho thought that too was a lovely salabile. That's what the narrator says. So who you are going to believe, Greta Gerwig or Louisa Mayalgot? Bettina wrote Goethe 52 letters in which she addressed him with the familiar to form. These letters were the basis of the book she published after Goethe's death, Goethe's Correspondence with a Child. It was not until 1920 that the authenticity of the correspondence was questioned, when the original letters were discovered and published. When I have read Goethe's correspondence with a child, it is a very odd book. She writes to Goethe, but it's never about him. She speaks about their shared future, but never asks what his thoughts are. I spoke about this before in the episode, Why Cho Rejected Laurie. It is very similar to Laurie's relationship with Joe. When he proposes, he doesn't ask what Joe wants, he says what he wants, 
and then there is a scene where Laurie is composing an opera and it's a moment when you get this feeling that he doesn't really care who he wants to marry. He imagines himself to be a prince who saves a helpless princess. Neither Joe or Amy are helpless by any means. So he doesn't see either Joe and Amy as the individuals as they are. Laurie and Bettine are not in love with anyone. They are in love with the idea of love. But luckily for us readers, and for him, Laurie manages to snap out of that. This is what Bettina's brother Clemens writes. Quote, Goethe asked what interested her. Nothing interests me but you, she said. He invited her to make herself at home. She jumped into his lap, threw her arms around his neck, and went to sleep. Clemens reported that for three hours Bettina extolled Goethe, chastised him, revitalized him. Don't forget, Goethe, how it was I learned to love you. She wrote to him. It was through his books. I have been jealous to those other women, and sometimes I have felt myself to the subject of your poems. And why shouldn't I dream myself into happiness? What a higher reality is there than a dream? In the 19th century, this idea of being in love with love was considered very romantic. Goethe was a ladies' man and was kind to Bettina at first, but when the time passed by, she behaved more like a stalker and Goethe only occasionally answered her letters. Bettina left her mark to the world's history. She was amused to Beethoven, and according to some sources, she attracted the attention of Napoleon. Her book, Goethe's Correspondence with a Child, it became a bestseller. She married another poet, von Arnim, and had seven children with him, and later on she became very active in German politics. A very interesting lady, she sounds a bit scary, this whole obsession to Goethe, it doesn't sound very healthy, but definitely Louis' love for Bettina and Goethe can be seen in Little Woman, not only in Joseph and Friedrich's relationship, but also in Joseph and Laurie's relationship. Louisa did tell Emerson about her girlhood crush when she was an adult. They were very good friends, but he had had no idea. We have talked about Ladislas Wisniewski before in this podcast, and I apologize the possible repetitions. To those of you who are new here, when Louisa Mayalkot was in her early 30s, she traveled to Europe for the first time. She worked as a companion to a cranky invalid woman called Anna Weld. It's a bit like Joe working for Aunt March, but Anna Weld wasn't that old. When they were staying in Switzerland, one of the hotel guests was a Polish composer called Ladislas Wisniewski, and Louisa called him Laddie which is very close to the name Laurie. According to Louis's diary, he had tuberculosis and Louisa was a nurse, so she took care of him, and she really liked his company. Ladislas was 21 and Louisa was 32, so he was about 11 years younger. I read an interview of Louis's nephew, and he said that even in old age, his aunt was a prankster. She liked to make jokes on people. In her diary, Lisa writes that Laddie was also a prankster, and then they would make fun of the guest and would do practical jokes on them. He was also a pianist and a soldier. In Little Woman, Joe and Laurie are known for that they like to make pranks on people. 
I was never a Joe and Laurie shipper, but I do know many who have read Little Woman as children and then read it again as adults and moved on from shipping Joe and Laurie to ship Joe and Friedrich because Laurie's character doesn't always age well. I really like Amy and Laurie together and I think people are aware that girls mature a lot earlier than boys. Some of the pranks that Laurie does in Little Woman you just have to wonder, is this supposed to be funny? Or is it Louisa May Alcott pointing out that he is immature? Because the narrator presents the jokes as harmless. But once again, Louisa May Alcott, she described herself as a hero worshipper. And for Joe, Larry is a hero simply because of his gender. It's almost like the author is challenging the reader to use their head. There's a chapter where Laurie sends letters to Meg in his tutor's name and Meg believes that it is John who is writing to her and she sends him these very personal private answers. And when mommy finds out, she lectures Laurie and Joe is like, oh my poor Laurie, and Meg is crying in her room. Joe and Laurie are like 16 when this happens, but when you move on to part two of Little Woman and Joe and Laurie are in their 20s, Joe has grown from that behavior. She's a lot more interested in writing and education and she also sympathizes a lot more with women because Laurie is now harassing her. And Laurie is still like a teenager and he's still pulling out those pranks. And he does cross out of that because of Amy, but it takes quite a long time. This time in the day was unusual uh, for Louisa. Uh, Laddie would take her to romantic walks and bring her flowers he would compose music for her and he would talk to her about their shared future. Louisa didn't like Anna Weld that much, but then something happened between Laddie and Miss Weld. Laddie was asked to leave the premises and Louisa Mayalkut has a short story called Anna's Swim, where a rich heiress called Anna says no when a man called Ladislas proposes them. When Louisa's employment ended, she traveled to Paris and spent a day with Ladislas without a chaperone and at the time this was very scandalous. Unmarried woman with a young man. According to Louis's diary, some kissing happened in the carriage. And I am rephrasing here. It was time for the old woman to turn her home and solitude. I remember reading that and thinking, Girl, you are only 32 years old. Why do you call yourself an old woman? This is what is interesting about Louisa Mayalcott. The men who she had these deeper and perhaps physical relationships were either much younger or much older. But then there are many occasions in Louise's diaries where she calls herself as an old soul. There is speculation if they had a physical relationship or not. In Louise's diaries there are pages ripped off and mysterious words couldn't be written that can refer to this proposal. It's also possible to make the connection to Little Woman. Laurie tried to kiss Joe for the first time when they were 16 and she said no. Then again when they were older and he wanted to sleep with her. There's this moment where Joe is like, Amy is so ridiculous when she's flirting. And Laurie says, maybe you should take lessons from her. In her Louisa May Alcott biography, uh, Harriet Ryson writes that it is possible that Ladislas Wisniewski was preying on wealthy women. He was an exceptionally good-looking young man and had the ability to gain people's sympathies. We can only imagine what it was like to Louis to find out that he was flirting with other women at the same time when he was flirting with her. If any of the Polish listeners have Wisniewskis in the family, feel free to contact me if you know anything about this mysterious 
real life Laurie. Lenny's lass was sickly. Louisa nursed him and he asked her to call him Vario. That was a nickname that his mother used to call him. In Little Woman, one of the reasons why Laurie wants to marry Joe is that Joe can take care of him, be it his maternal figure for him, to who tells him what to do in his life. Perhaps he had a crush on Louisa because he took such mother-like interest for him. And Louisa liked to take care of people. She worked as a nurse in the war and she loved young boys. Joe in Little Woman loves boys so, so much that she wants to start a whole school for them. Another real-life Laurie was Louisa's dear friend Alf Whitman, who was also 10 years younger than Louisa, and they met through their shared theater hobby. There never was anything romantic between Louisa and Alf, but some of the brother-sister moments between Joe and Laurie in the novel come from Alf Whitman, especially the theater sequences. But because of this relationship between Wisniewski and Louisa, I don't believe any public statements that Louisa has made, because there are times when she outright lies in her interviews. She was often asked who was the real-life Laurie, and then she would say, it was this nice young man I met in Europe. Then in their letters between Louisa and her sister, May, they call him boring. Why did Greta Gerwig say that Laurie once chose to step into adulthood when in the book Joe is so tired with Laurie because he's so immature. That also explains why Louisa rejected Ladislas. Louisa lived during a time when modern celebrity worship culture was starting to take shape. She never really liked Little Woman that much. And I think I know why. Every day Louisa would get tons of mail from children and adults who from all over the world which all said please marry Joe to Laurie and Laurie was based on Louis's ex but the world could never know that because the money that she received from little woman supported her entire extended family just like today the yellow press wanted to know everything about celebrities love life if they had find out that Louisa had a fling with a man so much younger and a foreigner, she could have lost her publishing deals and her entire reputation. Ryzen also points out the possibility that she paid him money to shut him down. There are some banknotes that show that Louisa had sent him money and also Mayalkut writes about, quote, Laddie's debts. Louisa always caught Laddie as my boy, same way as Joko's love. Whether a date night or family holiday outing, Meadowlark's Winter Walk of Lights is the perfect way to experience the magic of the holidays. The half-mile walk through Vienna's enchanting Meadowlark Botanical Gardens features lighted nature themes and sparkling displays. Get your tickets now at winterwalkoflights.com. Extend your holiday season and beat the rush with a weeknight visit in November or early December. Plan your visit and buy tickets at winterwalkoflights.com. That's winterwalkoflights.com. Trying to grab all the groceries in one trip? Oof, not how you would have done that. You know sometimes less is more. Like when you drive less and save with the USAA annual mileage discount. USAA, get a quote today. Sorry, asked my boy in Little Woman. Louisa and Laddie did write letters to one another. They were supposed to meet again, but that never happened. And he eventually married and had a family. It does seem that Louis had romantic feelings for him at some point, but then he turned out to be a disappointment. And at the same time, it also sounds very much like a mother-son relationship. So maybe why people are so confused about the Joseph and Laurie's relationship in the novel actually might originate this relationship that Louis had with Ladislas. It's definitely an interesting area to study. 
My personal opinion is that he was too immature for her because Louisa was someone who, who very much enjoyed intellectual conversations and, and learning new things. And Louisa has a quote that marriage requires a lot more than just physical connection. It requires an emotional and intellectual connection. Here is some interesting trivia. Louisa's sister, Anna, she married Mr. John Pratt. When this happened, Anna was 33 years old and John was 31. Remember, in the 19th century, most women married when they were 17 and people married for money. Anna clearly took her time to find a suitable person for herself and married for love. And she was a couple years older than her husband. But that is a very small age difference. In Little Woman, Meg March, who is based on Anna Algot, meets John Brooke when she is 17. They fall in love and John is 8 years older than Meg. When they marry, Meg is 21 and John is 29. You bet your life there are people who say that he was grooming her. Little Woman was not written by a man, but a woman. A woman who had a serious thing for age gaps. John Pratt was actually younger than Anna Alcott. The story of Amy and Laurie is even better. In the novel, Laurie is four years older than Amy. And that's, once again, really not a huge age difference. And especially the moment when Amy lectures Laurie, she's emotionally a lot more mature than he is. Story-wise, I think they help each other to grow, and that's beautiful. And I am still waiting an adaptation which shows that, when living in Europe studying art, Louis's little sister May fell in love to a young man called Ernest Nieriker. When they married, May was 38 and he was 22. She was 16 years older than Ernest. Ernest had these Laurie-like qualities. He was also a violinist. In Little Woman, John is eight years older than Meg. And in reality, Anna was two years older than John. In Little Woman, Laurie is four years older than Amy. And in reality, May was 16 years older than Ernest. Both Louisa's sisters married men who were younger than them. But in Little Woman, Joe and her sisters marry men who are older. Let me remind you of the Exhibit A. Louis's fascination to Bettina's book, Goethe's Correspondence with a Child. I would actually highly recommend everyone to read that book. It's in the public domain. And the thing is, when Bettina wrote it, she wasn't a child. She was in her 30s when she wrote it. It's based on these uh, letters that she wrote when she was in her 20s. But she kind of makes herself more immature and more childish in the letters than she was in reality. As mentioned earlier, Louis's first crush was Walter Emerson and he was 29 years older. Then there was the ambivalent relationship with Ladislas who was 11 years younger. You know what's coming. Henry David Thoreau was 16 years older than Louisa and in Little Woman, Joe's and Friedrich's age difference is 16 years. So it's uncanny because it's the same age difference as between May and her husband Ernest, only that she was older. More precisely, when Joe travels to New York, she's 24 and he's 39. I can see why somebody in the 19th century would call Friedrich old because people's life expectancy was much lower. But come on, if somebody calls Friedrich old now when he's only 39, they need to have their head checked. Uh, Joe is actually 28 when they marry, and he's 44. 
In the 19th century, the age gap marriages were very common because young women were expected to marry older men because that way their future was financially secured. I don't know how it was in America, but for example in England, women would only inherit a small sum of their father's money and the rest would go to their closest male relative. So as annoying as Miss Bennet is in Pride and Prejudice, uh, when she's constantly trying to marry her daughters, she does it out of love because if they don't find husbands, they'll be poor and life will be more difficult for them. Jane Austen is another writer who has a great deal of age gap relationships in her novels. Mr. Darcy is eight years older than Elizabeth Bennet. My personal favorite, Mr. Knightley, with his massive Fritz Bear wipes, is 15 years older than Emma. Then there is the 19-year age gap between Marianne and Colonel Brandon in Sense and Sensibility. Another example of age gaps in the 19th century literature is Jane Eyre, who in the book is 18 years younger than Rochester. Louisa May Alcott, Jane Austen and Charlotte Bronte, they were really writing about the society where they were living, and in these societies age gap relationships were part of everyday life. With Louisa, it seems to go much deeper into her personality, the way she calls herself as an old soul. When I have studied Louisa's life, it seems that she had a great fondness for Henry ever since her family moved to Concord. Around the time when she was 18 or 19, she fell in love with him, and that seemed to have lasted her entire life. There's a good example of that. Henry died at 44, and he died to tuberculosis. Louisa was 28. Emerson kept a speech in the funeral, and Louisa got mad about it and said that it was mean-spirited and critical. She didn't like it when people judged Henry, and in her memorial poem, Louisa calls him as the perfect man. Then in many of her books, Louisa marries her alter egos to men like Henry, and men who are based on him. I haven't read all Louisa May Alcott novels, but these books appeared these books appeared after he had passed away. There's also a quote from Louisa where she calls Emerson as her Goethe and Henry as her Napoleon. I have read this quote before in the episode Real Life Bear. This is a quote from my friend Diane who has studied the possibility that Louisa and Henry had an affair. Quote They were both quite secretive about their private lives and they had always known each other. One clue is Henry mentions of seeing her tracks. They often took nature walks together. He also says that she can speak about him, which she obviously did in many ways, but he cannot speak about her. He had played the role of a mentor since she was a child. She could speak of him as someone that she admired, but any mention of her in kind might have been considered socially unacceptable and maybe even scandalous. He says that he thought of her and wondered if she simultaneously thought of him. They did appear to spend one-on-one time together beyond family gatherings. So they might have developed this type of telepathic rapport. Even if the love was unrequired, it is likely that some sort of a stable bond existed between the two. That is a reference to a poem that Henry wrote and the lady in the poem does sound like Louisa. He compares her to to Diana, the goddess of Hunt. One of my friends said that since Henry and Louis's father were good friends, maybe that was another reason why they didn't want people to know that they were lovers. It's a possibility. 
same rules that apply to Lattice as apply to Henry. In both cases, there is the age difference. Both were inspirations for characters in Little Woman and in both times, Louisa tried to ensure the press that she never had any kind of scandalous relationships with anyone. And even said once that she never considered marriage, which is actually BS when you read her diaries, because she did consider marriage a lot and very often. She had very similar thoughts about marriage that Joe has in Little Woman. When she falls in love, there are quotes from Louisa's later life where she envies her sister's marriages. When it comes to Louis and Henry's relationship, I've been like, perhaps they did have an affair, and then sometimes I'm like, no, they didn't have an affair. There's one quote that has made me believe that perhaps they did have an affair, and it's actually right here in Little Woman. Quote, Don't laugh at the spinsters, dear girls, for often very tender, tragic romances are hidden away in the hearts that beat so quietly under the sober gowns, and many silent sacrifices of youth, health, ambition, love itself, make the faded faces beautiful in God's sight. That's actually really sad when you think about it. Louisa May Alcott literally says here, right here, that she has had romances. She admits it, and also that she has done many sacrifices. Louisa loved writing, but she had been the breadbringer of the family since she was a child. She writes that she has sacrificed her youth, her health, her ambition, and this is my speculation. Maybe this is about the time when she wrote sensational stories to please the editor. And last but not least, she has sacrificed love itself, and she's not very happy about it. When you read her quotes of getting her award in her next life, a little woman represents a wish fulfillment. It doesn't really come out as a surprise. And she's not the only 19th century writer who does this. Jane Austen wrote some amazing love stories, but her family didn't allow her to marry the person she loved. Lucy Maud Montgomery, who wrote Anne of Green Gables series, she also wrote some amazing romances. My favorite is Blue Castle. Barney has some major Fritz Bear wives. Just saying. Maud was very unhappily married, so writing love stories was a way to cope with that. She was also married to a minister. It was very difficult to get a divorce in the 19th century. Louisa and her publisher, Thomas Niles, they were the ones who came up with the whole Louisa May Alcott brand, the spinster aunt who was a friend of all children. It was Louisa minus the rough edges, rough edges meaning Louisa's love life. When Louisa was in her 50s, she began systematically censor her journals. She burned tons of her letters and diaries. The missing information about Louis and Ladislas and Louis and Henry turned into ashes, and Louisa literally rewrote some of her teenage journals. So we can never really know the depth of her feelings towards Waldo. I think she had romantic feelings for him, but he was also a father figure. Louis's own father was an idealist, but not a very grounded man, which is also why the Algots often struggled financially. Waldo was very stable and grounded, and he gave Louis the intellectual attention that she was looking for. Why is Mignon's song repeated so often in Little Woman? Mignon wants to express her love for Wilhelm, but because she has this disability, difficulty to speak, she can't express herself to him. But there are also barriers from the society that prevents her to speak, which also might apply to Louisa. 
she falls to her friend, and I don't think it really matters if Louisa and Henry had an affair or not, because that she did love him is really all we need to know when we study Little Woman. The Victorians, they believed that love was a sacred emotion, so if a stranger would find out about that, that would contaminate the love, destroy its purity. In the Umbrella chapter in Little Woman, Jo wants to express her love for Friedrich, and she is deadly afraid that he doesn't respond to her feelings, and Friedrich is afraid of the same thing. They both have the muteness of Mignon, but they manage to overcome it. Minion and Louisa don't get their happy ending, but Joe gets it. Louisa didn't care little woman that much. Her personal favorite from her written works was Moods. And in Moods, the protagonist, Sylvia, she says how she wishes to be Bettina. Sylvia is in love with Adam, who once again is one of the reincarnations of Henry David Thoreau. This is a comment I got from V3. I hope you don't mind me reading this, because the observations are very good. Quote, There's also a comment on your podcast that people expect Joe to marry Laurie because it's what modern love is about. I paraphrased it. I disagree with the listener. Marriages like Joe and Fritz exist, even to this day. And why not? Theirs was a marriage of equal footing. Susanna Clark, the writer of Jonathan Strange and Mr. Norrell, met her partner, Colin Greenland, through a writing workshop. She benefited a lot from her partner's input through the years. Then you get teachers and professors who married each other. If you want to include the age gap question, Florence Pugh, in a relationship with Jack Braff, who is 21 years older than her, but it's something that people consider iffy and all that. In the end, if you are of a legal age, people have no say at all who you can date or to marry. As much as I like Laurie and Amy chemistry in the 2019 version, although the promotion heavily featured Joe and Laurie like it was the symbol of American love or something of that sort, I dislike that Gerwig seems to only see Amy and Laurie as two people with a sexual attraction. I recall that she said that, quote, they want to have sex or something like this. Amy and Laurie provides each other with the steadiness and purpose that sustains their marriage. They are more than simply two sexually attracted people, or as my Jo and Laurie shipper friend said, two people who suddenly found love abroad. And that was said by her even without reading Little Man or Joe's Boys. That many viewers see Joe and Laurie as a quote modern type relationship for me signifies what is a fundamental flaw in modern pop culture, as if the desperate self-destruction was normal, and that immaturity should be applauded, and refusal of criticism was laudable. Ultimately, what sells these days, even in songs and books and films, is self-destruction. So Laurie's emotional immaturity is seen as charming as a result. And for these modern female writers to channel themselves in Joe, Joe has to be made to resent criticism. End quote. I think the whole media portrayal of a relationship where a person falls in love to a person in a different status has gone completely overboard. Disney made the live-action Mulan a couple years ago, and Nikki Caro, who directed it, said that they had to erase Captain Chang because there shouldn't be a power dynamics between him and Mulan. In the actual Chinese legend, the myth, the Ballad of Mulan, 
Muan does falls in love to her captain. His name was Ying Yong in the ballad, and it is said in the poem that when he found out that she was a girl, she became his partner, and they fought many years side by side once they were together, so, so there was no power dynamics. I used to be a big fan of Nikki Caro. She directed one of my childhood favorite movies, Whale Rider. Now I'm just disappointed. When a person does fall in love with somebody, was it an older or younger or an army chief, that is a part of their story. Maybe people should start questioning the motives why the filmmakers are erasing the love stories when they are such a big part of characters' life and their growth. Christine and I made an earlier episode called Marriages in Little Women and we talked in depth how the marriages in Little Women work. Joe and Friedrich have immense respect to one another. There are times in the book when Laurie doesn't really seem to have much respect for Joe or Meg, but then he manages to find that equal footing with Amy. In the book, Laurie is all over the place. He can stay still and always changes his mind on things. And with Amy, he finds peace. But you don't see that. Louisa could have very easily written Frederick to be the same age as Joe, or even just a couple years older, but the age difference is exactly the same as between her and Henry. And sometimes I wonder if people would ship Joe and Laurie that much if he was written to be a lot younger than Joe, like the real-life Laurie's were. It is interesting that May Algot did marry a younger man, and Louisa was quite critical about it, and you have to wonder if that had to do with her mysterious affair with Laddie, but May's relationship really wasn't Louis's business. May also lived in France, and I think it was easier for her to be married to a younger man there than if she was living in the more conservative Concord. I recently discussed about this with a fellow Little Woman fan friend, that Joe's toxic masculinity is what causes her loneliness. Teenage Joe, she reads romance novels. She also thinks that love and romance is weakness. And like we discussed earlier with Christina in, uh, in this season, part of that belief is caused by the people who say it. Because she doesn't look that beautiful, she's not going to get married. Because nobody's going to find her attractive enough. And that itself can create uh, resentment towards the idea of marriage. And Joe possesses a certain level of toxic masculinity, and she doesn't like to show weakness. There's a great scene, one of my favorite scenes in Little Woman, where Laurie shouts at her that she doesn't let herself feel, that Joe doesn't let herself to be vulnerable. And that is the trait that screams toxic masculinity. But Joe slowly grows out of that. She loves babies. When she grows, she envies her sister's marriages because she sees how happy they are. And in the chapter All Alone, she feels, if I could, and surely she falls into the depth of despair when she reads how happy Amy is with Laurie. Joe doesn't envy Amy for marrying Laurie. She envies that they are so happy together and she's lonely. That's also why she gets so excited when Fred comes to court her. She's really afraid that people are going to make fun of her if they find out that she wants to fall in love. And a narrator says that Joe was deadly afraid that Laurie was going to laugh at her if he would find out that Joe was a romantic at heart. Narrator also mentions that he had this fear of being seen as a weak person because she falls in love led into somewhat agitated life. 
In the chapter all alone, Jo says that love that her family provides is dear, but it does not satisfy her, and she longs to know what romantic love feels like. This longing is woken by her time in New York. Friedrich has helped her to expand her worldview. At home, she looks at Meg, content with a baby, and thinks, could she be a mother? And finally, Amy's letter wakes a longing inside her. And Louisa wrote all those same things into her diaries, how she longed for love and family and that taking care of her parents at home when her sisters were happily married was not life that she wanted herself. I hope this doesn't get too depressing. Then there is Louisa's belief for reincarnation. She writes, I believe we shall meet again for genuine love is immortal. She believed that in this next life of hers, she's going to get both career and a husband and a family. This idea of reincarnation is interesting. Louisa saw it as the improvement of the spirit, that in every lifespan she would grow and become more wise. It has lots of echoes from Asian spirituality. Uh, Louisa's religion was an interesting mixture of Christianity and Buddhism. Then she also reflected that in her writing. The idea that an individual grows as a person when they fall in love and that there is an inner transition in a person when they move on from one person to another. Larry experiences an internal change when he moves from Joe to Amy. Joe has the same experience when she moves from Larry to Friedrich. And if I rephrase Louisa, quote, she experiences the Minerva side of things. And Minerva is the goddess of wisdom in Roman mythology. Are age gaps in ill women controversial? I think they are only controversial if you make them to be controversial. When you are this person who wants to learn new things and is interested from school and education, it only makes sense that you are attracted to people who have those same interests. Thank you so much for listening. If you want to get notified every time when a new episode appears, or if you want to find out more about the history of Little Woman, join the podcast newsletter. You can do that at littlewomanchannel.substack.com Take care and make good choices. Bye! Lucky Land Casino, asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes! Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.